Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know what this is. It's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. Uh, it's another week. It's another episode. Uh, and another first. I, we've never gotten to sit down and do a show here. Ten months in-ish, and uh, it's about time. <laughs> we are in beautiful downtown Milford at Little Miami Brewing Company. Um, I spent a lot of time growing up in Milford, um, and did you say you grew up in Milford? Uh, I sort of. It yeah. depends on, on on how you count growing up. Until like eighth grade, I lived over here. Okay. Um. This is all very different than it was when. I mean, granted, you know, you know, old Milford has always been here, but um, it was not a place that people were out walking around. People were out sitting, enjoying the river. I mean, you couldn't even see the river unless you went over to the park. And um, the vibe is I, different. I, yeah, and I, I you know, I. I don't know that I can credit you guys 100% for that, but you have definitely kind of spearheaded this other side of coming down here and actually spending time, you know, sitting out on the patio, looking at the river, enjoying what actually exists down here already. So, um, number one, uh, for I'm sure everybody that currently lives in Milford, everybody that has lived in Milford, thank you for doing this here. Uh, thank you for doing it in thank you, Milford. <laughs> such a... Milford's been awesome. Such a beautiful way. You know, when... Somebody says they're building a brewery new construction. That usually means one thing. You're going to get a big pole barn with uh, a sterile interior and a really ugly exterior. Kind of just smack dab in the middle of the lot. And you guys did a really good job of creating something that fits in with kind of the aesthetic of what Milford is. My years of interior to design school have finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's... Let's start off. Let's run around the table. Everybody introduce yourself so everybody can hear your voice, know who you are. Um, whoever wants to start, start. I'm Jim Straylaw. I'm the brewmaster. I'm Dan Lynch. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders. Joe Brenner, one of the co-founders also. So let's kind of start with the, before we dig into beer, which is normally how we kick the show off. But um, number one. Why start another brewery in Cincinnati? That's a big question that everybody asks. I mean, you you guys are almost a year into it. I don't know that things were that different a year ago than they are now, but kind of like it seemed like every community was kind of getting their own brewery, and uh, Milford hadn't had anything yet. And uh, we really love the location, uh, being on the river, and that's kind of like why we chose this spot. Yeah, Joe and I looked for. A uh, good year before we found uh, this location, and uh, it was all about finding the right spot to create a, a neighborhood brewery. Like I said, you, you you nailed the idea of what a neighborhood brewery means here. You know, I mean, like our name's Little Miami, and uh, I mean Milford's our home for sure. But like the Little Miami region is kind of like our our customers, right. you know, right? Milford, Marymount, Terrace Park, Park Loveland, yeah. Kings. Yeah, we draw Madeira. Madeira. Draw from those communities. Uh, well, and, and, and for, you know, an area that has so many people of I don't know, a certain demographic, there there's a lot of craft beer drinkers over here. Absolutely. There, <laughs> there really aren't a lot of breweries right here in this area. You've got 50 West down the river, which is a whole other right. part that we're going to talk about, about this, this, this river and it tying things together. But... Um, there's there's not a lot going on over here, and that's that's kind of 
always been strange to me to see some of these pockets that you see lots of people, and I, I don't know the reason for that. But. I, I was shocked that there wasn't one here already, mm-hmm. uh, but once we opened up, the amount of people coming in saying thank you right. uh, keeps them from having to drive downtown, across uh, town, wherever. Yeah. Uh, Local is local. I mean, it's, that's kind of the point of having so many different breweries. So mm-hmm. keeping it in your backyard and walking distance, uh, just so many benefits. Right, and, and walking distance means a lot more now that there's like, these townhouse condos. I mean, there's a whole lot more people living here than there used to be. Right, and, uh, sure. Right. Um, let's Before we get too far down the rabbit hole of why you guys exist, um, let's drink some beer and talk about that because... Uh, let's Love be honest. To. That's why we all do this. <laughs> um, it's my favorite segment from the beer fridge. Uh, we've got um, not a flight because you guys do not do flights here, which is um, kind of on one hand a trend with some breweries, a um, kind of a, we'll call it a grumble point for some beer drinkers. <laughs> um, so we'll definitely talk about that decision too. But let's just let's start drink. Tell me, um, tell me what I should start first here. We have what a double IPA, Hefeweizen, and the Juicy Fruit IPA. Okay, uh, so these are three newer beers on the, the Hefeweizen. I would probably start with that first before we destroy our palates with a double IPA. <laughs> um, so this is a new batch that came on, but it's been one of our biggest sellers since day one. True Bavarian Hefeweizen. <clears throat> Beautiful big. Um, that big yeast ester kind of thing that, that I think for anybody who loves a good German wheat beer, that's, that's what you crave. Maybe, Go, going maybe. for the banana, the cloviness. Yeah. Um, a nice day with some sunshine like today. It's a little colder than I would like, but um, the, the, the day, not the beer. <laughs> it, uh, when the sun's out, to me, um, a Hefeweizen just it hits the spot for me. It's It's beautiful. Um, it, it looks kind of like the sunshine. It you know has that that like I said that big um, that big estery kind of profile that um, it it's perfect. It's it's fantastic. You guys have a really great patio for drinking heaven lights. <laughs> well, we're going to have that year round. Um, it's one of my favorite beer styles. There's no reason to have it during the warm months. It's great in the winter and. May even do a Dunkelweiss, just darken now it up. we're talking. Incidentally, I, I do a lot of bartending here, too, and uh, I get a lot of guys in the service that have been stationed in Germany, and they, uh, they're they like, wow, this is the real deal. You hit it. You well, know? It's, yeah. I feel like it's one of those styles that people kind of drifted away from. Like, you know, when, when, when craft beer was really kind of picking up steam here in Cincinnati, and then we'll definitely talk about that steam when it was picking up with you, Jim, but... Um, there was, you know, Hefeweizens were, were, were common. You, you, you would find them around. And then as this craft beer movement kind of kicked off and everybody kind of, I don't know if people wanted to move away from what, what brought them into craft beer and do something new, do something exciting. I feel like we, we lost a lot of these around town and there aren't as many being made. My, um, as my experience with these is everybody had an American wheat, not a German wheat. And those... Uh, those never interested me. They were just too plain. I like the real German heffy, right. and they were hard to find. And I was out in Colorado and stumbled across Left Hand Brewery and Tabernash Brewing, and they specialized in heffy. They did a Hefeweizen, a Crystal Weizen, a Dunkelweizen, and I was like, wow, that's what I want to do. 
it's 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 wonderful it's it's delicious it um definitely hits the spot for me um well done thank you uh what's next We'll go, go on to our Juicy Fruit IPA. It's kind of a variation of our Grateful IPA. Uh, same kind of grain bill, but instead of aggressively dry hopping it with uh, certain fruity type of hops, it has a uh, huge amount of real passion fruit added into it. Um, oh, yeah. And it was certain types of hops, like the Mosaic hops and other ones out there, have this real tropical fruit hit to it, and that reminds me of something. That's passion fruit. <laughs> I'm gonna try that without doing the, the hops are still in there, but it's basically it's dry fruited, <laughs> um, and it's very similar to the grateful, but it just you're drinking, you're getting your vitamin C, I guess. But it's it, it isn't too over the top with the fruit, like it it's definitely fruity. But it doesn't come off like some of the. Like, I think there was a trend with with fruited IPAs for a while where they were just over fruited and yeah. turned like it into mix, something mix else. A little beer with your right. fruit. You, know? you could you yeah. could you could tell somebody this does not have fruit in it and they would believe it because of exactly. the way it's used. And I, I kind of like that. It um, that was kind of my plan. I wanted to have the hop bitterness is there on the on the center of the tongue. Oh yeah, but the fruitiness is there in the after finish, and um, it, it was more of an experiment, but. I knew it, but it worked. So, what's the uh, ABV of this one? Uh, they're about six and a half. It's it it drinks really easy. It's one of those ones again. Uh, maybe maybe I'm a, a warm weather beer drinker, but this seems like one where I want to be sitting out in the sunshine drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm just kind of grumpy that it's starting to get cold outside. I don't know what's going on, but this is this is wonderful. It um that that bitterness in the finish is really nice for me. It kind of. Um, I get a lot of fruit right at the beginning, um, and then that bitterness kind of breaks it up and, and lets it finish really clean and nice. I like uh, my IPAs. I like to have most of my bitterness and hop additions later in the boil uh, so you don't get the hanging bitterness. It, the bitterness is there, but it's enough just to let you know it's an IPA, but it's not a, a total palate destroyer where it's... Once you drink an IPA, you're done for the day. You're sticking with IPAs. Um, this does kind of remind me of Juicy Fruit Gum. Is ju- does Juicy Fruit use passion fruit as a flavor? Because I've never really... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never, but it does like it. And maybe it's just the name playing with my uh, my perception. Yeah. But This is great. Um, I like that one a lot. Now, the, the big guy, I'm assuming, if it's called... What is it? Bigfoot? God's, <laughs> Godzilla. 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 I assume, big and green. I assume this is a... Big IPA. <laughs> it is. It's our biggest beer yet. It's uh, it's a double IPA. It's um, definitely a little hazier than uh, the other one. Uh, yeah, I assume a lot more hops. A, a lot more hops. Uh, a lot more alcohol. It's it's nine point five percent alcohol. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's definitely along the winter warmer, <laughs> getting colder here. Tastes good. Feels good. Um. You know, when you start with that much grain, oh. you're getting some sweetness and some fruitiness just from the, the alcohol esters on top of the fr- that hop esters. It, so. it um, it's definitely got a nice boozy kind of quality to it right there at the beginning that 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 alcohol. Um, but then there's this big chewy, 
almost <laughs> hop yeah. presence going on. Man, that's that's nice. But it finishes really clean still too. It's a uh, um, it is a clean there's, beer. There's definitely a lot of lingering bitterness, but um, and that just enough to the point that I want to drink another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's Solid. that's one IPA here that I want full force on the hops in the beginning, middle, and end. What is this hopped with? Uh, it has some Amarillo, some Citra, and some CTZ, which is Columbus Tomahawk Zeus mix. It's nice. It's big. It's fruity. There's um, a little bit of pine going on afterwards in the in the burp, as I like to call it. Which <laughs> 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 it's got to be some kind of technical term for that, but um, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, full disclosure: I'm also drinking a pumpkin saison that you guys made because. Why not? It's uh, it's pumpkin season. Time I'm, of the year. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm a pumpkin nut, as anybody that uh, reads my blog knows. Um, and that one is also delicious. And I love that that use of the the yeast as some of those fall spices. Almost it it, it changes my perception of what that was um, a that really yeast fun is. beer. And my perception of it's way different because I was out smoking. Yeah, pumpkins. you were into that beer for you sure. Were smoking pumpkins <clears throat> on a grill. <laughs> I, That's fine. Two two hundred pounds of pumpkin. Oh, Lord, uh, half of that being puree, the other half being whole pumpkins, which we sliced up and smoked uh, with applewood and mesquite. Yeah, now that you say that, I get the smoke when I smell. And it. the yeah. smoke yeah. is there. The smoke's there. And then you get the the spiciness from the saison yeast. It's a true Belgian saison. And then it has all the classic pumpkin spice, and it's got your cinnamon. Oh, it's fantastic. Put about. 30 pounds of real fresh ginger in the boil, uh, allspice, ginger, nutmeg. So if you like pumpkin, it's it's there, but it's not really sweet either. It's not yeah, cloyingly sweet. It's it, it, it. You could almost, again, kind of play it off without the pumpkin and not tell somebody and call it some kind of smoked yeah, saison. Yeah, it's not overwhelmingly think, um, pumpkin. It's right. Just, yeah. It's right. definitely, it's, it's there when, when you know it's there. But, right. Um, when, it, you, when you're the one making it and you're, you're chopping the pumpkin, it's, you're, you're covered in it. You smell like it all day long. You know what went into it. And that first couple days, you can taste the pumpkin from it, during the fermentation process. Wow, that tastes like pumpkin. And then as it ages and matures and uh, oxidizes over time, whatever, it does age. And it does, you know, all these beers change over time. They're, you know, they're not static. They're dynamic. And uh, it definitely lost the pumpkin pie-ness of it, but the spices and the, the essence of it's still there. And that's what you wanted, yeah. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Well, and it's, you know, I know a lot of people, there's been a lot of talk in the last few years about freshness and, and IPAs and hops fall off and everybody wants their beer as fresh as possible and I want it right now, right now, right now, and then it's no good. And I think that that's kind of... Fresh beer is, is definitely important, but there is something to that, too, to watch kind of how a beer in that freshness window, even, of what, you know, how that beer changes and how it evolves. And, you know, that's that's half the fun of it, even even to the extent of, you know, when you go to a brewer and you get a beer in a glass and as the beer warms up, even that evolution of it is, is to me, that's that's that, sure. that's that's the whole thing. Like, that's that's what makes it so much fun. And, um, well, as long as the beers are made well, they're clean then let the aging begin but if you're starting off with infected beer bad cleaning practices it's not going to last 
very long at all before all those off flavors start kicking in. But if you've done everything right, uh, then most beers are great to age and, and taste and see how they change down the road, um, which is fun to do sometimes. It is. It is fun sometimes. <laughs> Depending on the beer. <laughs> then other times, it's a huge disappointment. Yeah, right. True. <laughs> but, but again, that's, that's, that's part of the fun, part of the adventure of it, I guess, is you just don't ever really know what's going to happen with things. Um, let's Before we talk about Little Miami and what this place is, I want to kind of go into your history a little bit, Jim. Um, you have been around, well, you, you were around Cincinnati for a while. Uh, one of the first breweries I ever visited was Watson Brothers over in Blue Ash. Um, uh, Main Street Brewery. I, unfortunately, I missed out on that one. Still got a growler from them. <laughs> you have a I still full have growler or just a growler? Just a growler, yes. Just not a full one. That was um, emptied a long time ago. Talk, well, talk a little bit about your kind of craft beer journey. How, well, I, how'd you end up here? You know, I went to uh, high school in Madera and a Cincinnati native and ended up at Ohio University where my love for beer grew exponentially. There is, there is a very strange connection in Cincinnati with craft beer and Ohio University. I don't I don't understand what that is. You know, 50 West has a whole bunch of ties to it. You know, Greg Hardman. It, 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 who knows how many, like, there, there's a lot. Um, when I started the show, um, my partner that I started the show with, Mike Cisneros, him and his entire family are all Ohio University, you know, graduates. And it, I, I don't understand what that is. It, are they all just drunks out there? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah. We, we, we do a show every year from kind of Athens. Different way, different way of putting it, but uh, I think you're on to something. I think what I said was, I was there for the party. If an education came along, bonus. Yeah. I mean, I never really, you know... The, that was one of those schools that always got on some kind of list about being one of the top party schools or something. It never really made sense. Like, I guess it made sense when you would go there, but it never really like hit home until like I started realizing how many of these people here that have breweries now or work in breweries went to Ohio University. It's there was this magazine <laughs> called Playboy at one point. I've heard of it. <laughs> And they were they had the, the top ten party schools, and I think OU was on it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Anyways, I'm, so I went to OU, and uh, my roommate, freshman roommate, was a military uh, guy who was twenty one and a freshman living in a, in a freshman dorm. Uh, so he was kind of my beer guide and turned me on to a lot. Everybody's of, beer guide, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, of course, we could buy when we were 19, uh, so I had, to, I had to wait a couple months. But he was—he uh, turned me on to really good beers and different beers. You know, growing up, you know, in I mean, the, you didn't it, erase the one on your OUID. <laughs> I take the fifth. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it's uh, growing up in the early 80s. You drink Budweiser, Miller Coors. You drank macro beers. And then somewhere mid-80s, imports came into existence and popularity. And then, so, just, you know, drinking Bass and Guinness and German Hefeweizens, which, uh, which may be why I make them today, because I have a fondness for them. But, uh, yeah, so I, you know, graduated from OU and uh, couldn't find a job in my field, which was audio, video production. Uh 
So I was home brewing, and my buddy was the chef at the Main Street Brewery, the first the first brew pub in Cincinnati. And I managed, luckily, to get a job down there. So I started cleaning tanks and cleaning floors and started my journey there. I, rem- so, I remember when you-, you were down there, you literally crawled in the tanks at that Oh yeah, at that time yeah. to clean them. Yeah, I mean, tanks were were very different then than they are now, right? I mean, you couldn't there there was not as many manufacturers of brewing equipment. It right. wasn't a lot we, of it was. We had some unitanks, which were the cone shaped tanks with the, uh, you know, you do your fermenting and your conditioning in it. But we also had open fermenters, which were just round vats with a lid or some kind of cover. But you'd have to jump in there and scrub the walls by hand. And uh, very traditional English style fermenting vessels. Uh, total pain in the ass, uh, but they make good beer. So you started brewing on the commercial side. You were not a home brewer before. I home brewed for a couple years, uh, looking for a job and looking for what to do after college, and just stumbled into a job at Main Street Brewery. Right. Um, but yeah, it was. I knew it right away. It was one of those things that. I like beer. I like making beer. Started working. I was like, oh, this is my calling. This is, it was it. And so Main Street, Main Street was part of the Queen City restaurant group or whatever they were called, right? It was Main Street Brewing Company. And then the owner decides to open up Tellers in Hyde Park, right. Watson's in Blue Ash, and a production facility deeper in Over the Rhine on McMicken uh, in the old Jackson Brewery. Right. Um, so at that point, they renamed it Queen City Brewing, which covered those four businesses. Um, and I was offered a head brewing job at Watson Brothers uh, in 96. So I'd been working at Main Street for one year, and they offered me the head brewing job. And I'm like, are you ready to be a head brewer? I'm like, yes. Lying through my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but when would I get the opportunity to be a head brewer with you know, no formal training whatsoever? Um, but I loved it, so I jumped on it. And it was a it was a sink or swim type move. So I had to go out there and just kick ass because I said I could do it. So, um, of course, the brewmaster Toby Hunt at Main Street he gave me all the Siebel uh, Institute of Brewing's uh, coursework. Right. So I, I mean, I was just devouring anything I could read and working 80 hours a week. You learn a lot on the job and reading. So, well, and and like a lot of professions now it's not necessarily about the the formal training as that it, it's it's the knowledge the information the the experience um you can learn a whole lot working at a place like that and uh from there oh from uh so with, i was with that company for five years and in 2000 moved out to colorado and brewed at backcountry brewery in frisco colorado up by breckenridge uh, did that for three years. Another brew pub environment. Uh, went to Oak Creek Brewing Company in Sedona, Arizona, from 2003 until 2017. So 15 years at Oak Creek Brewing, which is a production facility. So I was uh, basically making four beers, packaging, you know, bottling, kegging, selling to a distributor, and a whole different business model then uh, or mentality then brew pub is you know making packaging it getting out the wholesale and just turn and burn right um, 
and kind of got burned out on that after 15 years. So when Joe and Dan had this idea, it sounded really refreshing to kind of get back to my roots and get back to having fun with different beer styles, experimenting, uh, smaller batches. Um, just so, so was the idea there in your head of I'd really like to get back home, get back to Cincinnati? No. And, or was it just kind of I'm on Pro Brewer and I see the ad and I kind of start thinking that way and no, it clicks? I, nope. I was uh, I was a partner in the company. I wasn't looking to go anywhere. It was just stuck in a rut without knowing it. And uh, Joe and Dan had questions. I went to high school with Joe. And so I was just kind of doing some consulting over the phone. And as the weeks went by and the months went by, and then half a year goes by, we're still talking. <laughs> wow, this is, they're serious. I remember the first question I asked you guys, Jim, how long would it take? You to teach me how to be a brewer, <laughs> and he goes, yeah. "Well, I'm still learning." Um, but <laughs> I said, about, "About a year, okay. I'd be comfortable." You, uh, <laughs> we were trying to find a location. That was the whole key was finding a home run location, and uh, we we had the idea, but and we knew Jim could pull off being the awesome brewer that he is, but we just didn't have a location yet. Well, once the idea was firmly planted in my head, then the wheels started turning. It's like, yeah, this actually does sound pretty cool. And it, again, it, none of this was set out or planned. It just kind of organically happened. And uh, I, I can remember all the phone calls we had. <laughs> I don't think we had a single disagreement on anything. I mean, no. it was yeah. just, just ideas tossed out. Hey, that sounds great. It Let's, went really smooth. Yeah. The whole it, it, yeah. it, it was the easiest. And Jim was helping us build his brewery in Arizona. Well, he was in Arizona. Yeah, we were. We, we well, I was still working. Yeah, and we, we were, were here. We were, you design, know. we were designing a brewery area that we had. We've never done any of this. I mean, it Jim, was a fun project. We knew it we was, needed a silo, but we didn't know what to do. <laughs> it was like what if I had unlimited resources and an unlimited floor plan? What would you do to make a brewery? And. Uh, it wasn't unlimited resources, but it was kind of build a brewery. Well, that was cool. It was kind of a blank slate in front of us. Um, yeah. You have unlimited resources, and tell us what you would do, and then we'll tell you what you can't do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Little Miami was then kind of was, was born off of that. Um, yeah, Joe thought of the name, uh, being close to the river. About so the, the area. We all Location are came big fans f- of the river, I and mean, we spent a lot of time, probably Jim the most on the river, but... You know, hunting or not hunting, but fishing, oh, kayaking, kayaking, canoeing, hiking, whatever, brewing, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Um. So the location kind, the location came, then the name, and then off of that, kind of this whole idea of what what it is. Um. How much? So. The river obviously plays a big part into who you guys are. Um. You go one direction, you've got 50 West, who has a really great idea with, you know, canoeing and biking the and idea things for like this that. was born at 50 West. Joe and I had a lot of beers there. Yeah. Talked to, planned a lot at 50 West. You've got, you go the other direction, you've got Narrow Path. Yep. Um, Chad's a great guy. We, we know him. It, it, it all kind of starts tying into some kind of bigger picture, too, that... I feel like if we can all kind of come together on some kind of idea here. The beer trail. You've got a really great beer trail that happens to be a river, Uh which 
I think it's. I think I don't think legally you're allowed to drink on the river, but. I'd say it happens. Um, so if you catch my drift here, you can take a nice afternoon, well, a nice day, I guess, to get from Loveland all the way down to 50 West. But um, and you can have an afternoon here if you catch where I'm going yeah, with this. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. we, we've had them in here. You could do the, I mean, the brewery biathlon. You could have a beer yeah. at Narrow Path and canoe down. Stop here, go down to 50 West, and then get on your bike and ride back up to <laughs> here. Now you lost me. I can, I can go down. <laughs> so I, I know that if you go down river, I can start up there at Narrow Path. And ride the bike and back just, up. And just sit. No, somebody can. <laughs> you know those little trailer things you can attach to a bike for little kids? Yeah. So we can get one of those. My wife can just haul me back up to. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Let's talk about what this place is. It's definitely a brew pub. It is uh, pizza is the, the focus of it. So I don't want to call it a simple menu, but a, a, a simple menu. It's, it is. It's pizza. No, it is. It is. Yeah, we're, we're a uh, brewery first, not a restaurant. We, uh, Joe and I went to Colorado before we opened and did some training and some consulting with a guy that had, had owned some brew pubs that uh, focused on pizza as the food item. We liked that idea because we felt like not being from the restaurant business, we could we could pull off pizza, but like we could do it right. And uh, you know, it's it's wood fired pizza though. Dough it's, fresh it's, every day. It's good pizza. Yep. yep. Dough fresh every day. Um, and it's and like our menu is simple, but we really take pride in the items that we have. We we kill them to be top on food notch. here. We yeah. sell, We do a great job on food. We've got good pizza guys we've hired from other places that have. Have the experience to pull it off. Right? Make your dough daily. Yeah, make make your dough. own sauce. Yeah. Use good ingredients. Yeah, and um, so the the uh, food is an integral part of. We our we came out of Colorado. The best we came out with a great recipe for pizza. We did. Yeah, yeah. yeah we um, worked with uh, a guy that's like I said had experience in that and uh, got some great training, good recipes, and um, decided that food would be an integral part of a lot of breweries do food trucks and things like that but we we felt like food would bring the community more into the brew pub atmosphere right and it was a place they could get a good salad a good bowl of soup a good chili simple but you know a, a little enough variety that it was well, place where you could eat it opens it up too so we're here right now it's two thirty in the afternoon you guys are open when i when i walked in i was the lunch crowd was kind of yeah. winding down and leaving. Right, you can't do that with a food truck. Right, a f- no, no food truck. Yeah. No food truck is going to show up to here right. on a. What if was if it, they a, show up at all, yeah, if they yeah. show up at all. Yeah, <laughs> you know, point. in the afternoon to serve a lunch crowd, like they're just not going to do it. And right, it leaves you guys open to do that, and uh, some of us can sneak out of work and say, "Hey, I'm going to lunch." Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah maybe have a beer too along That's with it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. If my boss is listening, I took the rest of the day off just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my boss doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> um, so uh, talk about kind of, i tell you, before we dig into kind of the, the philosophy of how we determine what that tap list looks like, let's take a quick break because I think we're about halfway through the show right. already. You know how that time good. flies when you're drinking beer. Right, um, we will be back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Uptight. Beer, beer is about having fun. 
the dream the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today right that is that is the dream where we go from here we're gonna we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow uh, we uh, and we don't know the answer I don't know the answer can you have more fun with your clothes on I don't think so <laughs> you're listening to Cincy Brewcast the voice of Cincy Craft This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamel Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Municipal Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Tomorrow, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. <laughs> I gotta find a better way to do that after a commercial. Um, uh, so we are. If you just tuned into the podcast that you can't really just tune into, we're still Little Miami Brewing Company, deep in the heart of Old Milford. Uh, I want to talk about kind of the. You, you guys have a very eclectic tap board up there, and I want to talk about kind of how. How do these ideas come about? Where do they come from? Is there a driving force? Are there things that you absolutely love to brew? Things you absolutely hate to brew? Um, let, let, let's dive in a little bit on that side, the beer side. Well, I'll start off by saying um, this is all new and fresh to me again, being in the brew pub side of things right. uh, versus production. Versus the same couple beers over and over and over. Exactly. And over. <laughs> 
Uh, so I, I'm thrilled to death to, to make whatever. So if somebody has an idea, hey, let's. Hey, I had a beer the other day that tastes like this. So let's. I'm all for it. And that was what I was going to say. It's like, I'll be at another brewery or whatever, and I'll be like, wow, that's that's a cool beer, and throw it at Jim. And he's like, yeah, I can maybe do something like similar to that. Or There are some beers up on the board that I would not put on my top 15 to brew, like our Coffee Buzz, which is our, our Buzzsaw Pale Ale that's basically dry hopped with coffee. And uh, usually people think of coffee beers as porters, stouts, dark right. beers. Uh, it's like, oh, that's... It's a really cool idea. I tried it, did a couple sample batches, so to speak, and it's like, this is really good. So we stuck with it. But that's one of those things that, you know, Joe had the idea of, let's do that. I'm like, sure, let's do it. So it, it can come from, from anywhere, really, is that? Yeah, <laughs> it, it can come from anywhere. I, I definitely have my certain styles, um, you know, like starting brewing beer 20 three years ago there you didn't have the, the variety that you have now uh, but I still have some styles that are still dear to my you know to my brewing history like a good brown ale like our earth cookie brown ale you know a lot of breweries don't have a brown ale so right. that's a really I wish good, we had that on top right now it's, yeah. it's going to be out what a week or so yeah. uh, that's another yeah. week yeah that's really good beer I have tried it before yeah it's really good uh, so yeah some of the classics I think what our philosophy when we first opened, we wanted to have kind of a a four way type board. You know, have a classic side of it, have a hoppy side of it, uh, and then a like a weed or fruit side of it. Uh, so I think it's represented on the board pretty well that we have some hoppy beers, some malty beers, ex- uh, some experimental beers, some and, seasonals, and, and, and yeah. seasonals. And well, you guys, beers. you guys aren't afraid of lagers. Um, I know the last time I was here, there was a pilsner, the Bike Path pilsner. Yeah. That was that it's was our number one seller. Freaking fantastic! Seller. Yeah, that right. Bike Path. We we sell a ton of that. It's light. It's clean. Yeah. It's aged a little bit longer than ales. Um, just good, clean, easy drinking beer. Is there anything you haven't done that you're itching to do, or wish you were able to do, or had you know? Is you know, I know the the, the barrel aging trend is 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 hot with a lot of people right now. Is that something that you've been there, done it? I've <laughs> I've aged uh, lots of beers in barrels before. Uh, what I was dying to do were sour beers. Um, I'm, I was like, my favorite beer is Rodenbach. That I discovered 20 years ago before sour beers <laughs> were a thing. Um, but with the uh, the renaissance of the kettle sour, where you know Berliner Weiss or Gosa, you can turn those around in three or four weeks pretty easily, uh, is amazing to me. And I'd never done one. I didn't have the time. I didn't want to have mixed fermentation, uh, you know, certain bacterial issues in in the production facility right. I was in, so I didn't bring anything like that in. Um, but here on the brew pub side of things, I've done some kettle sours and been very happy with them and look forward to doing some more. As we get into the cooler months here, we're starting to do some seasonal beers, some bigger beers like the double IPA. We're brewing a Belgian triple today. <laughs> we're going to have an anniversary ale uh, coming out December We'll have our holiday beer. So we got some bigger, maltier, big things coming out. New stuff, yeah. And then yeah. We'll, we'll get back in the sours uh, probably in the new year. Um, 
But no, it, nothing's off the table. Um, I like to have a full range. Uh, that's another thing is too. Uh, you come in, you go to a brew pub or a brewery somewhere, and, and you have nine IPAs <laughs> and and one wheat. Right. Um, and you, we hear it all the time. Is oh god, you guys are. Thank you for having a couple light beers or an amber. Right. Because well, and especially with the pizza, I yeah, I don't necessarily want. I mean, granted, you, there there are a lot of pizzas that an IPA goes fantastic with. Right. But if I'm having a pizza, there are not many things that I would like to pair it with better than a brown ale or yeah. an amber or right. something. You know, like there's something with a little bit of that malty character. Mm-hmm. That, sure. That, you, know. you know, one of the cool things about beer, people don't realize this, but beer pairs with food. Way better than wine. Oh yeah. With you know, with wine you have white or red, and sure, there's varieties and all that. But you know, with the beer side of things, you can really match certain types of maltiness, hoppiness, spiciness. You know, um, you know, so you get some good spicy food. A, a pale ale IPA is right. great with it, but you have a some meat and you want a darker beer with it, and you know, there's a whole other realm of food there for any of our listeners that aren't beer drinkers if we have listeners that aren't beer drinkers you guys do have wine here you do have booze options too i know it's not you know you know in your face that uh there's cocktails or whatever but um it is offered you know there's cider on tap um you guys gonna dabble in that on your own side at all you're gonna branch into to to the the wine license and and do cider or anything like that not off the table. I haven't done it. <laughs> you know, when we opened up, we were extremely busy right off the bat right. and doing seven barrel batches. It was hard just to keep up. And we have 16 taps at our tasting room, and it was hard to get and keep 10 um, as we've developed uh, certain methods and uh, brewing systems. I've, I've been able to get 15 or 16 on tap now. Uh, but yeah, it's been hard just to keep up with our flagships and experimentals just on the beer side, let alone cider or anything else. Right. Uh, so, kind of, you know, you're talking about how how busy it was in the beginning, and I think that that I assume that kind of had to have catch you guys off guard a little bit about how you know everybody tells you things are going to be busy, you're going to be way busier than you think you're going to be, but it was it, double you know, what we thought. Yeah. Um, so. Talking about the size that you guys went with, are there are there any things that you wish you would have done differently? Well, uh, yeah, we would have made it bigger. <laughs> um, the, the building, <laughs> everything, everything bigger. The parking lot, <laughs> parking lot building, bigger tanks, more kegs. <laughs> yeah, I've, double double the cost. We would have. Yeah. I've heard rumors that there's more of a uh, a drive to kind of make that that yes. side over there a little a more. Yeah, we're doing a rooftop expansion. Uh, we just got seated rooftop. Yeah, seated rooftop. Final. Uh, so it'll be a double deck, outdoor deck overlooking the river. We just did a fire pit out, right. out back, gas fire logs. Uh, really nice outdoor uh, area because that river, the river view. Being People on, love the outdoors. Yeah, oh, yeah. they really do. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the rooftop is a big part of our new expansion that we're doing in the new year. I love the outdoors if I don't have to ride a bike to enjoy them. <laughs> the car can yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of sitting in the outdoors. <laughs> yeah. Get some nice Adirondack chairs yeah, on there. Going back to what you were asking earlier about you know, what was the criteria for opening this place up. First and foremost, it was the beer, and then the food idea came into it, and then 
you know, the, the location and the river was just incidentals that just fit so perfectly. Yeah. And once we knew once we knew the location and everything, then we totally embraced it and it's been incorporated into everything. Right. It was just one of those things that just I all can't even remember. Did we have a location before we No. Okay, so we were still we, working on we that. We were talking yeah. about what, yeah, way we, different locations. We were talking right. about different location, totally. Uh, what can give us a little bit of insight into that? Right. Where, where are some other locations yeah. you guys were looking at? The, the Peter's Cartridge place. Right. Um, we looked at that. Northside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Madisonville North, was Madisonville, Madisonville yeah. A um, little bit of Mason, maybe. Mason, parts of Mason. Um, we were looking everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all places that are very familiar to people that are like watching breweries kind of sprout up now. It's, you know. Right. Where, what I mean, I what place has people and not a brewery? Right. Yeah. We yeah. were close with uh, the cartridge factory. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed like it wasn't moving not fast. Not moving quick enough. Yeah, so <laughs> I, think, I think they big, would agree with you right now. project. <laughs> That is a lot of stuff going on up there. Yeah. I, you know, it's a cool place. Really they're, cool. They're but. getting close. Yeah. I, saw, I saw some photos. It, 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 yeah, there's a lot of work going on. Yeah, it's that's it, it's going to be a neat place, though, yeah, too. Yeah, we'll sit down and have a beer. We Again, that. tying that, into that, that outdoors kind spot. of thing, man. Yeah. It, um, so yeah. we're right, on the, of, right on the river, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of work here still going on with the rooftop. But, like I said, embracing what we have and... Just utilizing every awesome aspect of it is what we're doing. Yeah, the rooftop will add about 100 seats to our uh, capacity. Which right. We and need. we talked about doing a second location, but we, li- we like this location so much. Yeah, we just started. So like, let's invest in this location we more. more. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Because we think we, we lose some people, busy nights, busy days. Instead of going out to another place, let's go up. Yeah. And just <laughs> exactly. Um, rooftops are kind of unique. We can keep adding rooftops, right? I think, rooftops, I think right? Rheingeist <laughs> is the only rooftop in Cincinnati, as far as I know. As far as breweries go, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have a... 50's got really, a small one. Well, oh, that's right. 50's got it at their production, yep. yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that doesn't really count. Right. No. <laughs> no, right. This one will be a full-fledged rooftop. Uh, with something to look at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And again, you know, it, it, it's neat to me to think that you can be in the middle of Milford, and you can find that way to position yourself and you look out and it doesn't feel like you're in the middle of anything you know all of a right. sudden you you understand what what old milford is about it's not necessarily just the, the you know nice little shops along the strip there like it's you know you start to feel what milford was and what milford you know is if that makes sense yeah you can walk across the bridge we're located right on 50 right where the bridge crosses over right. to uh terrace park indian hill you walk across the bridge on a summer day, you'll see 25 or 30 canoes oh, yeah. parked on the ba- on the beach uh, with people come up to get beer from us. And yeah. It's it's an awesome fight, sight, yeah. you know. Summer was huge. <laughs> Summer was a big... We, we didn't, I mean, this is our, what, 10th Summer month? was fun. Summer yeah. was fun. Yeah. So we're, we get a little bit we of... We got a lot of bike, bike, tra- or bike path traffic also. Yeah. So. It was a learning experience for sure. I mean... Yeah. Uh, Still is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah every, we haven't been through these holidays. Last year we opened in December, so all this, as far as trying to predict how busy we'll be, is so all new. For anybody that's listening that's just kind of a beer drinker that doesn't really like dive into this other side of what's going on, this is 
this is probably the worst month for breweries. October is, is typically terrible. Like it's it's when things just kind of drop off. Nobody wants to leave the house. Everybody's depressed. Yeah. It's getting cold. Like this is that this is that little and it's, and it is short. You know, you've got a few months that you have to kind of fight through this thing where people just don't want to leave the house and. And this is kind of the first time you guys have had to kind of go through. That. Right, right. <laughs> right. I get the change. Once, I, go back to school. once, once right. school started, it, we, you know, you notice a little bit of drop, but uh, a little bit of a drop. Yeah. yeah. But we've we've got some real, really awesome regular customers that really come here and have made this uh, made this. And it seems like cool. weekends are actually a little even, even a little bit bigger. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the weekends are huge. People um, are like, all right, the weekend, week's done, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere that at least you can sit and like look at the wood-burning pizza oven and see fire and yeah. feel warm. And yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. we're, we're so weather-dependent. Having a sunny weekend, we get crushed here. Yeah. A rainy weekend, uh, it, you feel it. I mean, It's definitely weather. Weather is a huge impact. And you guys, you guys built this place very smart as far as weather goes. I mean, the whole thing opens up to the outside. Yeah. I and mean, it's not just one or two little windows that roll up. All of them go up. It, you, In the middle of the summer when it's nice outside, this feels like a patio more than it does. That's, what, that's that what we wanted. That was Joe's interior design school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a lot of recon at different breweries. Honestly, we, we went we on brewery everywhere. tours, Michigan, down south. We but went, that's, that's a big expense when, you're, yeah. when yeah. you're trying to open a brewery to justify the cost into yeah. a window yeah. versus something else, you know, be it, you know, a, a, you know another tank or whatever had, it is. We that, went to a lot of breweries, Joe and I. I mean, we would tell her, was, hey, we're going away this week on some recon. It's, it's for business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. I use that excuse a lot. Honey, i got to work tonight. And I'm doing yep. a podcast. She doesn't understand that it's not really well, We work. wanted to make all the windows open and make it totally Yeah, outdoors. open feel for yeah, sure. Open feel. Uh, so one of the questions that we've always liked to ask breweries, um, especially on our first time talking to them, is the measure of success. You know, what what is that measure of success for for you guys? And it's probably a, a, a fairly different answer for each of you guys. Uh, mine's probably what is, what is what is what is the measure of success? Mine's way different than Dan and Joe, but right. for me, after you're back there brewing beer, sweating, shoveling grain, lifting kegs, you get done, have a beer, come out, look at the bar, and you see. 40, 50 people enjoying a glass of beer that you know that you made, that's uh, extremely satisfying for me. Yeah, it's, that. it's like... Oh, that's that's a great answer. I like, like I said, I bartend a lot too, and it's just like you, we're at the point now where we're getting to know a lot of regular people, you know, and it's, it's right. good to see them, and it's kind of, you're a community brewery. This, and it's, this, the community yeah. just comes and gathers here. We have birthdays, we have wedding <laughs> rehearsals, we have... Dog birthday parties. I mean, you name. I mean, it's just and it's family friendly. So kids come out. People call all the time asking, "Can they bring their kids?" And you know, we're we just really enjoy. That's the thing that hits me more than anything. It's just the enjoyment and the satisfaction of seeing the community absolutely love what we created here. You're bringing something special to yeah. this area. Even the way that the tables and chairs are set up, they're they're family style. So you you sit down at a at an eight top, a long skinny eight top, and you might have three different parties right. sitting there that, that don't know each you other, but talk yeah. to, and then <laughs> after a couple beers, you're there, good friends. When I lived in Milford, there, you know, you didn't come to Old Milford 
to grab something for dinner. You didn't come here to sit down, and you, there was a couple like little shops, and you know the the gun store and the those concrete people. <laughs> yeah. Like that was all that right. was here. Like you didn't come right. here to like yeah. do something, right? And like now it's a place you can come. You can go to dinner. You can bring your family. You can bring people that don't live in Milford into here and say, "Look what we have!" And like yeah. it's 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 something special. I had a customer yesterday, and he he said. Uh, you know the Milford and people they used to go to Loveland to, to eat and stuff like that, and now we now, didn't even have an Applebee's, then. right? And now <laughs> Loveland people are coming here to Milford to uh, hang out, and you know, yeah. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. The community, and it, not you know Milford Terrace Park. It's also, because Vail. half of Loveland burnt down for the yeah. <laughs> yes, right, yeah, yeah. So they uh, no, it's just the community gathering spots. Um, our patio has turned into like we every other night we have groups uh, asking to reserve tables for a birthday or whatever it's been really awesome another success i you know vision i see i mean what we have here is you be here on a saturday at noon and you have every single age demographic covered you have the the young families i love that so much everybody is welcome everybody's included and everybody gets along and it's it's amazing. It's it's, it's shocking. It that is shocking. It's different than we thought. Yeah. It's, it's our I mean, our age range is like from five to ninety. Yes. That's our target. That's our target. The target I mean, audience. It's yes. uh, yeah. It's to- totally different. And that's not we, a joke. <laughs> no, it's true. It's, we didn't yeah. envision that. We didn't think it would be as much family oriented as it is, and the, what, as wide of demographics. What are some of those things that have surprised you about this that you didn't anticipate? Besides that, you know that you didn't anticipate. Hmm. Just um, well, that that just that wide range of ages and uh, groups that come here. Just um, keeping up with stuff. It was it's it's been a, a, a huge learning experience. Yeah, there's a lot to. I mean, to keep a busy brew pub. Like we've never been running. in the restaurant business, so it's all new to us. Joe like and I, I were self-employed for about 25 years, but we didn't do this. It was different. You know? What what type of work were you guys in? For just I, we're both owned businesses. He had a uh, in home health care yeah, business, senior care business. I had a landscaping business. Yeah. So. so very different types of yeah, businesses. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I have been in this business, and, <laughs> and I was shocked at. I mean, we have fifty plus breweries in Cincinnati, and I'm like, how many more breweries can this area, this economy, handle? And. It's like you build it and they will come. And, and when does that end? I, I don't know. But. But, but that's a good question. So being in this, you know, for the, the 10 months that you guys have been here and seeing how this, this community has reacted to having their space, you know, what, where do you think it can go? How, how big can it get? You know, people talk about, and I'm not going to say the, the beer bubble word because I think it's, I think it's bullshit personally. Right. But right. You know, well, there's, think, you look at all these pockets that I, don't have somebody. I think, I think for sure that we've barely scratched the surface, the tip of the iceberg, whatever, however you want to say it. I mean, craft beer represents not even 20% of market share. So that means 2 out of 10 people drink craft beer and 8 out of 10 people drink shit beer. Blows my mind still. So you got old people dying every day and you got, you got people turning 21 every day. So you're flushing out the old crap beer drinkers, <laughs> and you have fresh new beer drinkers coming into market, and all they've known about is craft beer. They're not going to Bud Miller Coors, right? Okay, so yeah. if we're at time is if, if we're at eighteen percent market share, 
I could see us getting up to 50 or 60% market share, which could probably take another 20 years. If breweries stay at our size, well, a thousand, that's what, that's what I, a thousand that's, barrels that's what a year. I, was say. I, think, I think the key in the growth area in Cincinnati are brew pubs that are looking at around a thousand barrels a year. I think the production model, Jim and I talk about this and Joe and I talk about this a lot, just the production side is probably going to reach a saturation. but Regional small, size. Yeah, region, but the small local brew pub that's in a community that brings that community together, that's selling retail beer to a community that is thirsty, that that hasn't there we're not at the we're not at the uh, we're 20 the years away from that yeah we're not at saturation well, it's, it's like my kids are 19 and 21 and they they grew up watching me drink good beer right. crap beer when i was 18 and 21 it was three choices you, you, know? you were stealing your budweiser yeah. from yeah. your dad's right. fridge so right. and, and so they're growing up different and you know yeah, there's a, a lot of way. growth in neighborhood community brew pubs. I think have a lot the, of growth. Exactly. The small brew pub, if the current pace we're on, if that was the type of business that's being open, we're good for another 20 years. If we have the growth of Madtrees and Rheingeist happening, you'll hit saturation a lot faster. But just getting that market share, we're 20% market share, which is mind-blowing. The key is finding good locations. That's the key. There's still a lot of places that yeah. are desperate oh, yeah. for beer. Yeah. And Next yep. thing, you, the uh, the smallest little corner in Goshen or Blanchester is going to have a brew pub. Yeah. It's not there yet. Right. It's in Milford. It's in Loveland. It's in wherever. But the outreaches, the outlying well, parts of town, will start having like Sons of Toil. I mean, that's Sons exactly. of Toil, yeah. Old Firehouse. You know, yeah, those right. places that yeah. are like fitting into yep. these little communities. Yep. And it, you mentioned yeah. that five years ago, they'd laugh you, laugh you out of town. <laughs> right, right. It's awesome. I, there are still people that would laugh about it, and then you're like, eh, "Are you really watching? Are you really right. paying attention to what's going on?" You know? I mean, it's all got to be scaled to the size of the community. Obviously, you can't build the same type of thing and different smaller towns than you would in downtown Milford. But right. That's the good thing about craft yeah. beer. We're not cookie cutter. Right. We're we not corporate. Scale it. We, we, we you got to scale it right. Have an idea. You, you grow it into what the community wants, needs. Well, I, I think that's an important part to look at, too, is that you can't just you can't just dive into things and understand what it's going to be. It has to be this slow kind of natural growth and watching kind of how yep. how those needs exist. You know, it, you, you might sure. you might not understand when you move into a community how popular it's going to be or that's, how many people are coming from this up. place or this place. Come that's back exactly in a year right. and and let's do this again right. and ask us what we learned in another in, in year two. Right, and it'll be, be totally different. different. Yeah. What are what are the fears now? Kind of as you're as you're approaching year two, or you know, I, I know the fears that that first year are, are people actually going to come? You know, is it like what 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 is this actually going to be? As you settle in, and you know that obviously it, it works. People around here are very thirsty, and they they like what you're doing. What how do those fears change, and what are they now? And what again, is- it's probably very different answers for all <laughs> you guys. <laughs> you know. Not, not so much a fear, but my concern is once you establish a baseline of product quality and consistency is maintaining it. Maintaining. You don't want to get complacent, rest on your laurels. You know, you have to constantly try to improve what you're doing. And now that we've established a core group of regulars and we're on the radar, it's, 
meeting expectations. Yeah, keeping those. Uh, and, uh, and that's man. with everything. I mean, keeping the place clean, the food great, yeah. customer service. Yeah, we got a great, we got a great staff that we're you know do a great job. All three of us, we all come from different backgrounds, but we're you know we're committed to keeping improving every day, every week, you know, every year, and just keep this thing going. Make sure yeah. the quality is and the standards are, are there. Yeah. I mean, as you continue to grow, like, how do you trust, like, I, you know, especially I'm, I'm thinking of it more from, from the beer side, you know, you have, you know, X amount of control over every single batch that's being brewed at one point. As things grow, as things change, the, the nature of it, you're bringing in other people to kind of take some of that on. And how do you, how do you, get people that you trust and how do you um how do you let go of some of that control i guess uh i can tell you starting off in the brew pub side of things it was a very small staff it was usually one or two people and being a head brewer i would hire the people that (laughs) i wanted to be on the team and you knew right away whether they were going to work out or not you can tell uh instantly and uh when I went to the production side and I started having 10, 15 employees, I had to not micromanage everything. I had to step away and trust people. And it was very hard for me to do. Um, I got good at doing that and it was all in the training. It's, I have my, you know, my standard operating procedures and as long as they learned them and I trusted them, then they were good to go. Uh, coming back to this side of things now, at, in the brew pub setting, everything's run a lot tighter and way more easy, way easier to manage. Um, I don't foresee us going into bottles and cans and distribution. We'd open another location. Then you have another two or three people, and easy to maintain quality, consistency. Um, but yeah, once you open that can of well, open, open the genie bottle for uh, production. That, that opens a whole different, you know, every single place that you've got a keg of beer or a bottle of beer, now you're dealing with these whole, yeah. you know, that, that whole side of well, our, how are you treating it. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest nightmare with that is you make, you do the best you can to make the beer that you want to present and then you sell it to a, a distributor and it sits in their warehouse for who who knows how long it goes out to another restaurant or a bar and they keep it warm or and then some a customer drinks it and we get the phone call saying your beer sucks it's like yeah. well wait a second it's not my beer anymore right. it's right. Um, and you don't have control over that our business model was is completely focused on retail beer we're we have no uh, it's just not our focus to do product production and distribution I mean, we like Jim said. We if we if we love this, which we are having a lot of fun after we get through the growth of the rooftop, maybe we'll look at a second location somewhere and doing it. But Joe and I handle all the. Uh, Got to be on the Little Miami River, you yeah, know that, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Your your exactly. options are now way more limited. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but we ha- Joe and I handle the hiring of all the bartenders and and kitchen staff and all the customer service people. So we're. We're really hands-on with training and making sure and we, we deliver. Since we've good. opened, we've really stayed with the same. We have. We've, we've lost we've, a couple people, but yeah. The turnover's been low. We've, we've got great people, anything from high school kids, college kids, to full-time. I mean, it, it's it's just really cool to see them embrace our 
our vision and deliver. And as far as like hands on, like the first two weeks we were open, and like me and Tyler, he's another manager here. I mean, we were all working yeah. seventy hours a week, and finally we were like, okay, we gotta, <laughs> right. we gotta <laughs> let some other people do some stuff here, right. you know? So, right. yeah. But it's. I yeah. will say the one cool thing about all of this company and just everybody involved with this is nothing's phoned in. It's it's everybody's attention is to it, and you know yeah. the the owners and. All the managers have a say in things, and it's just not taken for granted. It's it's definitely managed very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how often you guys get to venture out into the craft beer world of Cincinnati, but is there anything you've tried lately that isn't yours that you guys have been? That's that's pretty good. That's 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 exciting. That's fun. That's new. I haven't really been out too much. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, 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 I go down to 50 West, but I usually get the same beers down there. Uh, I'm impressed with what Brink and Nine Giant do. Oh, I'm, over I'm, overall, I'm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just uh, respect what they've done on a small brew pub scale, similar to us. Right. It, and just great product. Um, I mean, over at, uh, you know, Nine Giant, um, Mike and um, they got They got some great Brandon, beers, great absolutely. Beers. Yeah, do a good Brink, uh, another classic example of a, how a small brew pub can move into a town like College Hill absolutely and really fit in I mean doing a bang up job uh, small system you know. talk about somebody that's probably regretting the size of their system right about now yeah right? Right. <laughs> well, they sure just won a uh, small brewery of the year at the Great American <laughs> yeah. Beer Fest this yeah. year yeah. Uh, yeah, they, uh, that'll that'll help that yep yep they, they probably are regretting the size of their brewery system I know I've been uh I've been away from Cincinnati for 17 years, so I came back for this job specifically, and we've been so busy. I got downtown for the first time a couple months ago, but it's been insane. <laughs> Somebody told you to go to TR, and you to said Ryan, no! To Ryan Geist, didn't you? They made it to Ryan Geist. No more! <laughs> I went down to Ryan Geist, and I went to the rooftop bar, and uh, I've been really impressed with some of the bigger breweries, yep. only because I've been... The last 15 years, I've been in that business. So watching Rheingeist grow, watching Mad Tree grow, yeah, cool. and seeing how consistent their products are, they're doing it right. What blows my mind about a place, and I'll use, I'll use Mad Tree as an example, because I think we're there next week probably to talk to them. We, You look at the way they started. When they started their business plan, you could not have a tap room unless you were doing a brew pub, and they had no desire to do a brew pub. On paper, when they started, they were a production facility, and then the rumbling started that maybe this would get passed, and you would be able to have a tap room, and then well, maybe we should start to think about this. And they had a location already; like it just, it, yeah. they had to fit it into this idea. Yeah. And now, that's that's the model. That's what it is, and they had to just make that work. And um, I I don't think any of them anticipated. Even looking aside from from what 1.0 was, what 2.0 is now, I don't think they anticipated how busy and how popular tap, that how, fast, that, yeah. how, how much room. that taproom business yeah. is going to be. Taproom is a huge part of the revenue too. To be able to yeah. to be able to scale with that and keep growing with that and to kind of keep some kind of handle on it is it, it's it's mind blowing to me. If you told to them in five years you're going to spend twenty million <laughs> million dollars on a new location, you say you're fucking high. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, you, uh, you right. not only are you going to spend twenty million, you're going to exist in a city that has Rheingeist, which is the thirty third biggest brewery right. in there. Like right. it, it, just like these these things that nobody would have dreamed of 
you know, ten years ago that it's just it's in your face and it tough it, to duplicate it, that success today though. I think the the success of Ryan Guy Symmetry is a, is a first market mover type thing. You know, and yeah. that, that is and hard I, to follow. I think it's, it's really hard to do that again today. It, it's yeah. got to have some of those people, you know, and, and not to call anybody out, but you know, you look at the River Towns and the Christian Moore lines right. and the Fifty West, kind of taking a step back and be like, oh shit, like you know, like <laughs> we 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 missed this change. Missed we we missed this. Yeah, and this. Can, can you really duplicate it today? I don't know. I, they're well, time will tell. They're all trying. They're all trying. <laughs> they're all trying. Well, it's it's, it's kind of like the. The New Belgium fat tire deal. When they started pushing out fat tire, it was they captured lightning in a bottle. Right. Yeah. It, it, it became a cult beer that all of a sudden everybody had to have it, and no matter where you went, that's where it went. How do you do that? I have no idea. Yeah. But it's one of those things where this, the, in the stars align, yeah. and you have that that cult following. Uh, dog, timing, dog, timing. Dogfish had it. Certain breweries, three Floyds, three yeah. Floyds had yeah, it. Right. Uh, God, if you knew how to do that, tough to do though, as as it's been done. I mean, it's but tough to repeat. D- that. Does it exist anymore? Do, do things know. like that exist anymore? Yes. Is that is that that beer that? Yes, it does. It's just like catching really a lightning in a bottle. I, d- I you don't know how. <laughs> I can't tell you how, but it's. And I mean, that, I guess you see the Trillium Treehouse, those New England IPA things. That yeah. again, talk to me in a year, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the the newest hot trend that came out. We don't know what it is now, but right. it, it will show up. Right, right. Maybe it's German Hefeweizens. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Jim would like that. Then you got one leg up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everybody else is going to start making them again now. Right. Um, what do you want people to know about? Little Miami that you feel like they don't know right now. Hmm. You got a rooftop coming. Oh, got a rooftop <laughs> yeah, that, coming. that is that is hundred more seats. Um, have a nice gas fired yeah, we got fire a pit gas outside fire pit by the river. If you want to, so. if you want to drink a beer and look at the river, like the Little Miami River, this is the place. Uh, if you want a nice, I mean, I think everyone knows we're a community brewery. Yeah, uh, we welcome. Kids, pets, yeah. um, all that stuff. So, do small group uh, events. If somebody wants to have uh, 20, 30 people for you know a party, we can. Hey, we're just rolling with it. I mean, yeah. we're we're really happy with uh, how things are going, and we are willing to to adapt to whatever what people need and what want and what we want. You know, there's certain beers that we want to do we haven't done yet. So, yeah. Come try our food. It's awesome. Yeah, the food is yeah. really good. Come get some pizza. Yeah. Come drink some beer. Um, there, pizza, yeah. If there's not something on the tap board that is your style, I don't know who you are. <laughs> because I can't. Good variety. Although, That's kind of the plan. Is the, yeah. Pilsner's not there right now. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, have, we, we have the, the bike, path. bike path. Is it on right now? Yeah. I'm missing it. Second column. Oh, Above I see pumpkin, it now. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. That's a good it's one. It's in pink. Yeah. And I missed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> bike paths. Uh, uh, that's our, there, so our flagship. That proves it right there. Whatever you want, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> I think a big misconception right now I've heard is uh, people saying you can't get in. Uh, the parking lot's always full. Uh, maybe on Friday, Saturday on our, our peak hours, yeah, we're, we're busy. But that's, that's fun, too. 
But during the week, there's plenty of parking and there's plenty of yeah. uh, even tables. If you, even if you come on the weekend and the, the parking lot is full, there's good. You are street. in the middle of downtown right. Milford. Tons there, of parking. Parking. Yeah. there are how many parking spaces? I that think are we have 51 more distance. spots than anybody Frank. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. No, I know. There's uh, no. There's quite a quite a lot of on street parking. That's good point, Jim. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, taking the time out of your, I know, busy schedule to. Uh, to do this um anything we can ever do for you guys let us know um anybody that's listening please 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 not only get out here to little miami and try what they're doing but hit them up on social media tell them what you think um you guys are on everything i assume facebook twitter instagram all over the place Uh, Snapchat, you know, that, that thing that nobody understands. You're probably not there. We're not there. I still can't figure it out. There was like this really brief like period where breweries were like, oh, no, we need to get on Snapchat. And yeah. then nobody could figure out how to work it. So they all just said, we're giving up. <laughs> Thank you guys very yeah. much. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Uh, Brewcast, follow it on all of your favorite podcasting mediums, whatever that is. If you have one and we're not there please let us know um and follow us on social media too we'll be back next week i believe next week is mad tree without my calendar sitting in front of me i don't know um if it's not next week it's the week after i think it's next week though uh thank you guys very much we'll be back uh tell all your friends about us cincy brewcast the voice of cincy craft (laughs) 